Welcome into the September 29th episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs victorious against the Habs in preseason play. We'll recap that game and, well, we'll do our best to recap that game. It was a little bit of a weird one, Dave, uh, but there were a few standout performances, which we'll chat about and potentially play a little bit of cosine, no sign. Haven't played that in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to get it all going. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video on YouTube. Just search up Locked On Leafs on YouTube and get notifications each and every day where we are putting out content Monday through Friday, five days a week for the entire season through the postseason and into the summer. So you're going to want to follow along all of our content um, and hit subscribe and subscribe wherever you can and share it with your friends and family and all of Leafs Nation as well. That would be uh, that'd be really appreciated. Uh, we would appreciate it a lot. Um, so Dave, uh, a win is a win, right? Maple Leafs blank in the Habs in preseason action. Three nothing was the final score. Um, how do you evaluate a game like this where we saw two defensemen go out early in the game? I mean, Jordy Ben literally lasted a shift, and we have updates on these guys. We'll share in a second. Carl Dahlstrom ends up with a shoulder injury later on in the first period, which meant Alex Kerfoot and Callie Yarncroke ended up playing two and a half periods on the blue line. And Your somehow, boy Callie. somehow my, that boy, boy Callie though, somehow they still were able to pitch the shutout. Uh, I just like, what a weird game, weird game. It just shows Callie, Callie Yarncroke, the Swiss Army Knight of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dude, and Kerfoot. Like, we've been, we've been saying that about Kerfoot forever, and Yarncroke was, like, the Kerfoot replacement but cheaper, and they actually proved their hardcore versatility tonight. Uh, yeah, that that's that's true. I, it was funny because Kerfoot said after the game, like, he was trying his best not to have to skate backwards too much. <laughs> like, there's a reason why he plays forward. Well, that's what they say. That's what yeah. that's what they all say, right? Defensemen always chirp forwards, and they're like, they can't skate backwards, and that's why they play forward because they can't skate yeah. backwards. And I know Frank Corrado, like good buddy of mine, former Maple Leaf, friend of the show, Frank. You see, um, he he always jokes and chirps and says that uh, you know defensemen are much smarter individuals. Forwards are dumb bricks. His yeah, he may not be, may not have been, you know that uh harsh on them but essentially saying that uh you know not everybody can play defense only the guys who do but clearly tonight that's uh i don't know man they made it look pretty easy i know morgan riley was joking around too who said they made it look a little too easy perhaps both kerfoot and yarn and i mean like yarn 
as a right shot defenseman, I mean, if this team's in a pinch, I I don't know. Like I I'm joking in a way, but like maybe, maybe he is a guy with all these injuries that are going on. If Sandine doesn't report, I mean, maybe they decide to put Yarncroft on the back end. I don't know. Somebody somebody was actually like somebody tweeted out, ah, here's Rasmus Sandine's opportunity. And I'm just like, yo, how does he just be like, no, we're good. We got our boy Callie here who can play on the blue line. I, I will say it's good to know that he can do it. And if you're going to have it happen, at least let it happen in the preseason game. But no, we I'm all joking aside. It's also just like, it's crazy to think that we've seen it happen many times before where teams have just lost guys because of injuries and it forces teams to have to like uh, just play shorthanded. Like typically yeah. you'll see the four guys remaining would have yeah. just played the entire game, right? They would have just like Giordano would have ended up playing like 25, 28 minutes that night um, along with, you know, Victor Mete. Like that's just what would have happened. But instead they decided to give a couple of forwards an opportunity to try and limit the minutes as much as possible in the preseason. And I don't know if you saw this tweet, actually. If you want to pull it up, I sent it to you. Um, it was by uh, Mike Johnson of TSN, uh-huh. former NHL. And he brought up a really, really solid point that I think I want to touch on right uh, right here, just because it's perfect for what we saw happen. But he said, new rule for preseason. If you lose a player to injury in the first two periods, you should be allowed to replace that player from one of the guys not playing. It makes no sense to force guys to play extra minutes or out of position in preseason. Yes, Johnny. Yes, I completely agree with that. I, honestly, it's I, I don't understand the reason why you can't dress extra guys. If you, I, I'm pretty sure in the Olympics you are allowed a seventh defenseman, like it, or a thirteenth forward, one of the yeah. international play. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've always said that. Good things about other sports is that you have your starters. Somebody gets hurt, you're not going. Oh no, we're like we got no one. I guess we're gonna have to play shorthanded. No, you in baseball, if a guy goes down, all right, next guy on the bench. Football starter goes out, it's the next guy up. Like there's a reason why they do that. It's because you don't want guys to get hurt because they're having to play more than they should. Now, I do get it that because of the salary cap, it makes that even much like it would just be another headache to have to add an extra guy to the roster every night. We're just talking preseason, man. But yeah, like preseason, all that, all that should go out the window. Now, I'm pretty sure I've seen it where teams have dressed an extra defenseman in the preseason or at least a third forward. Are you allowed to? I, I, I remember seeing it before, but maybe this was just a long time ago or maybe the rules have changed, but maybe someone in the YouTube comments will uh, have a better idea of that. I, I just think that I, I don't understand why the NHL will, would want to damage the product potentially by having a guy like Morgan Raleigh have to play so many minutes because they can't bring in an extra guy on the bench just in case. And not even just in case of injury, but... You can at least give make sure you're not playing guys 25 minutes a night like the Habs did with Michael Matheson the other the other game and like Martin Saint Louis laughed about it but it's like it's preseason why are you playing the guy 25 minutes 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot, man. Like it's a long season. You're putting tread uh, on those tires pretty pretty early in preseason for absolutely you know no reason to be quite honest with you. Um, just taking a look at the time on ice, and it's not as high as you would think. And the reason why is because instead of playing that crap out of the four healthy defensemen, like we said, Kerf just threw out or uh, Keith just threw out Kerfoot and Yarncroc. I'm pretty sure I saw Curtis Douglas got like a shift on the blue line at one point. Like he was just throwing guys out there, giving them a go. But pretty much Kerfoot and Yarncroc, for the most part, were getting opportunities on the blue line. But Morgan Riley, you know, 23-11. That's about what you expect for him to play in a regular game anyways. So he didn't get overextended. TJ Brody played 24 minutes. Giordano played 21 minutes and 28 seconds. And then Victor Mete, who was supposed to be the third pair defenseman, ends up with about 18 and a half minutes of, uh, of of time on ice. And then you look up top to the four group. Yeah, Kerfo and Yarncroft end up both playing over 18 minutes uh, in this game and mostly at defense. Uh, which I thought was interesting. So a little bit of like line shuffling had to occur as well, because I wanted to see what Kerfoot, Yarncroft, and uh, who they and Robertson they were on a line with uh, to, to, yeah. to begin the game. I wanted to see what that looked like. Like I figured that was going to be a line that got a really you know got got a, a long look in this game just because those are three guys vying for you know the roster, like the main roster, potentially even a top six role. And that's just not exactly what ended up happening, right? They they couldn't. They had to veer away from it and mix and match and and, and throw Robertson up and play with some other guys, play with Holmberg a little bit. Um, yeah, it was a really weird and, and interesting game that uh, that uh, that we had to watch there. But hey, a win's a win. Three nothing's the victory, and the Maple Leafs now, I guess, what two and one in the preseason, I would say. Um, really quickly, though, just to update the injuries that were suffered. So Jordy Ben, according to uh, according to uh, the media that's there right now, suffering a groin injury. Carl Dahlstrom dealing with a shoulder injury. Both will miss some time, according to Coach Sheldon Keefe. Um, clarity will be given after additional evaluation tomorrow. So now it's really getting thin on that blue line, is it not? I mean, you've got Lilligren out for six weeks. You've got... Now, Jordy Ben out. You've got Muzzin, who returned to practice today, but only did about half of the practice. Didn't return after the flood, is what I was uh, reading from uh, reports. And then Sandine is still currently, you know, doing his thing in Sweden, not in camp. So those are like four legitimate defensemen who you thought could be in the mix here that just simply aren't going to be due to injury. And... What that leaves is essentially like Riley Brody, Giordano. Hall is no longer a tradable asset because you need him in that top four now. Like, literally need him. Uh, Victor Mete looking like he will end up being on the opening day roster on the third pair. And then I don't even know who is going to be his partner because um, I thought, you know, Jordy Ben was one of those options. Carl Dalsham was one of those options. Sandine, if there was a time for him to put the tail between his legs, show up to camp, it is now because he doesn't even have to play on the right side anymore there's a spot open on the left side um at this point in time potentially so yeah the blue line is is a bit of a mess right now um you know luckily it's preseason and there's time for these guys to get back and hopefully it doesn't linger throughout the year but man did things go from being a strength oh we got seven quality nhl defensemen 
we we need to trade one of them, whether it's, you know, Hall or Muzzin, potentially, you know, move on from Sandine if he's unhappy here. And now it's like, ugh, we might have to dress like Phil Crawl or Mac Hollowell on opening night if if nobody gets back uh, gets back on the ice soon. It's it's so I Depth is depth is always a necessity, and this is why I've I've always hear analysts say you need to be at least eight nine defensemen deep. Yeah, and it's like, well, the Leafs kind of did try to go with at least eight defensemen, and then poof, like three guys, what like two guys in one night. Lily Green even before camp started, and it's just like, it, it if I, if I'm uh, Kyle Dubas, I'm scouring to see who someone that might be in tough to make an NHL team and a team that might have to put someone on waivers. Yeah. And maybe you're just like, we'll, we'll throw, we'll throw you an asset. Like not a a big asset, but just something because then that team would be like, all right, we'd rather just get the draft pick rather than take the chance of putting them on waivers. I don't know who that would be. Well, maybe look into it. Maybe there's a perfect situation where I know um, Joey Anderson requires waivers. You know, if he doesn't make the team and there's another club out there that is in the opposite situation where they have a defenseman who needs to clear waivers and they're a little short up front, maybe a little swap, a winger for a D-man. And, uh, you know, it's just a little stopgap short-term fix for both sides, but maybe something like that could end up working out. Um yeah, that's that's uh, another thing to consider at some point. Or, heck, maybe Callie Yarncroke will end up being the third pair right shot defenseman. Who knows, man? But, uh, yeah, it's this was a weird game. Um, why don't we take a quick break, and when we get back, uh, we'll talk about you know the game as a whole. Who impressed us? Who stood out to you? It was Matt Murray's first game, his first look in a Maple Leaf uniform. He was pretty good, I would say. A couple other guys that impressed me. I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. We'll also play some cosign, no sign a little later on. Uh, you're listening to Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now a word from our show sponsor, BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for football and hockey betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every single game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, NFL, boxing, golf, MMA. They got it all. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti here with me. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, Maple Leafs coming off a 3-0 preseason victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it was a weird one. There wasn't many big names that uh, were in this game. I would say, what, Willie Nylander and Morgan Riley would be considered you know, part of the the only core pieces that were in this game, TJ Brody as well. Um, outside of that, it, it was kind of just, uh, you know, some some secondary and tertiary guys that were in this lineup. But I felt that some people impressed. Let's start between the pipes because that was the place that a lot of us had our eyes on because it was Matt Murray making his first start, his debut in a Maple Leafs uniform. Stop 16 of 16. Uh, your thoughts on, on Murray's night tonight, Dave? I mean, uh, last... In the last episode, I said I wasn't going to get too high if he did well. I wasn't going to get too upset if he didn't play well. So 
it's good that he came in and pretty much matched what Ilya Samsonov did because it's a competition, right? You want to see how one guy kind of responds to the other. So it's good that he responded and, you know, also considering he had four NHL defensemen in front of him, that's not too bad either that he was able to do what he did. Now let's uh, and let's also take it with a grain of salt that this isn't the Habs' best lineup that they could put no, out, even though no, no, no. they'll have they aren't exactly a team that you're expecting a good lineup from right now. Yeah, um, they, they they weren't good. Just really quickly, I've got a couple of like advanced stats that I can throw out here for Matt Murray. Um, the expected goals against from him tonight was sub one point seven three through forty minutes of play. Um, well, actually, this is a. Uh, this is five on five. So let me just look up uh, all actually uh, 0.86 in 40 minutes of play um, only faced three high danger shots through the entire game um, stopped all three of those. And then when you look at the shot distance, where do you think the average shot distance for tonight's game would have been for the Montreal Canadiens? 16 shots on goal. Where do you think on average, uh, how far out from the net those shots came from? I'm going to go with like 30 feet, 45 feet, Dave. Oh, I initially was going to go with like 42. I'm like, that seems way too high. And it was higher than that, 45 feet. So he wasn't tested a whole lot. I think we could say that. I think yeah. there was like one stop in the second period where I was like, okay, that was that was kind of the marquee save of the night. Um, like I said, a- analytically, natural stature gives him three high danger saves uh, on the evening, three grade A stops. Um, but you know, the fact that he didn't allow any wonky goals, I think is certainly a, a positive to take out of the game too. Yeah. I mean, you just, it would not have been ideal to see him go give up like a clunker, especially against a not so great lineup. So this is definitely something to build off of. He, remember, Matt Murray has to rebuild his value as a, as a player because of what has happened the last few years. So you, you got to take a slow. So this is a good first step. But he still has a ways to go, in my opinion. And everybody who's kind of said, like, you got to – it's going to take him some time because this is somebody who's needed a complete overhaul of his of his value. Absolutely. And uh, Shalgren, who got the third period, stopped 11 of 11, also faced two high-danger saves, which he stopped both. Average shot distance also from 40 feet from the net, and that was with two forwards playing defense. Let's also keep that in mind. Uh, in this game, uh, who else kind of uh, stood out to you and impressed you in, in tonight's game, Dave? Um, Alex Steves. I'm I'm liking what he's bringing. Uh, I think Austin Matthews gave him a shout out. He did he did? That's that means. I know in our Discord chat, someone's like, "Well, Austin Matthews also gave Nick Richie a shout out." I'm like, "Well, big rich, big rich." Yeah. Yeah, you know Nick Ritchie didn't do so bad when he got moved to Arizona. Yeah, was, but he's still okay. Like, but Austin Matthews, he, it's nice to see that he's giving a shout out to these other guys who are vying for a spot, and even Fraser Minton, who's you know just trying to leave a good impression in camp. But I thought Alex Steves continues to look pretty good in this preseason. Malgan, I mean, yeah. how can you not like what you're seeing there? He's, he's still lighting the lamp. Again, I know it's preseason, but he's scoring, and that's that's that that that's a go in the plus column for evaluations when you're doing evaluations like this. And it's nice that we actually got to call Nick Robertson's game once tonight. I know yeah. it wasn't the prettiest of goals, but still a goal. They all count the same. 
I didn't think it was a terrible goal. I mean, yeah, short side. Montembeau probably should have had that one, but screaming down the wing, you know, had the foresight to see a pocket open, you know, short side and take that shot. He's got a really good release. So um, it wasn't the, like, yeah, it wasn't a highlight real goal or anything like that, but the willingness to shoot, you like it. He was dangerous. I thought all night he had a few really good opportunities and chances, mm-hmm. uh, but did end up with a goal. Mulgan was another guy too, who I was impressed with tonight, both a goal and an assist, drew two penalties as well tonight. So he was kind of all over the place making good things happen. Uh, he's he's really an interesting name that I'm starting to really keep a closer eye on as we get through camp as somebody who I think could uh, be one of those dark horse guys to make this team. And, and I don't know what exactly – like I don't think Dennis Mulgan's going to be Michael Bunting, but maybe Dennis Mulgan could be Andre Kasha. You know what I mean? Like, okay. he's a guy who could play up and down the lineup. He's got, um, he's got some speed. He's got some skill, and you know, it seems like he's willing to engage. Like, maybe he's not as defensively sound as Kasha was last season, yeah. but offensively, he can, can maybe fill in somewhat of of that role. Uh, but he's a player that I'm kind of interested in from here on out in in training camp, and uh, yeah, so those two I would say were. Definitely the names that kind of stuck out to me. Um, Mark Giordano, I thought, looked really good. You know, he's he's looks like he's in midseason form with his vision and the way that he's breaking the puck out. Big pass up to Nick Robertson to, you know, get the assist on that goal and start that play. So he was another player that impressed me tonight. And obviously, I guess, Kerfoot and Yarncroke on the defensive end of things. Rather impressive. You still got to tip your hat to those guys for playing two and a half periods of uh, on the blue line after literally like how, who would have thought that that was going to happen? Not a single person. So uh, also, I guess, give some kudos to, um, Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Dean Shinouth, Dean Shinouth, the defensive coach for making it all work, I suppose. So shout out to Dean. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that we could probably put a bow on that one. Next game is going to be Friday night. They'll be taking on the Ottawa Senators. So we'll probably try and break that down for you tomorrow a little bit. But we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, we'll play some cosine, no sign, my friend. And uh, probably talk a little bit more about uh, Denny Mulgan. And we got to get into this Aaron Judge thing that happened last night right in the six, right in the city of Toronto. Because there is a really unhappy Torontonian in our uh, city, and uh, I want to talk about it. So we'll do that on the other side as well. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studio. Listen to Locked on these podcasts. We'll be back after a quick word from a couple of our show sponsors. Welcome back into Locked on these podcasts. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Sudi. Uh, we are a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe if this is your first time listening to us. Hopefully you enjoy the content and you'll share it with all your friends and buddies and family and, uh, join us back here each and every day, Monday through Friday for some brand new content. Uh, all right. Cosign, no sign, Dave. It is one of our favorite segments that we play here on the show. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks though, so I'm kind of excited to get right back into the things here. Uh, but I will start with this first bonus one because I, I I just want to talk a little bit about this Aaron Judge. So I thought, how can I come up with 
a cosine no sign that equates to what Aaron Judge did. And if you're not aware of what happened, um, must be living under a rock, but Aaron Judge has been chasing down Roger Maris's home run record, AL home run record for what, six days now? And finally in the game, uh, well, tonight as we're recording this, but last night as you're listening to this, hit number 61 and he tied the record. And that baseball, that baseball was supposedly going to be sold upwards of about 500,000 if he were to hit number 62 it is a two million dollar baseball apparently and dave 61 five hundred thousand dollars and it went to the blue jays pit well it went to it landed in the blue jays bullpen and ended up going to what's his name matt bushman matt bushman yeah matt bushman um, it's like a Blue Jays bullpen coach, Matt Bushman, is where it landed. And I don't know if he was able to get anything for like giving it back to the Yankees. Apparently, the Yankees did get the ball back after the game. Um, I don't know if he's going to receive anything for it or if they're just like, if there's some sort of agreement, like, hey, if this lands in the bullpen at any point in the series, like for the good of the game, you're going to give it to us, right? And they agree to it. I don't know. Uh, but I could tell you something. If I was Bushman, he's probably not making, all, uh, you know, the $2 million or something like that. He's probably not making a whole lot of money um, relatively to what the players are making, probably making decent money compared to you and I, I would think. But, man, would that piss me off. You got a $500,000 ball in your hand, and you just got to – here you go, sir. Give it right back to the Yankees. That stinks. Yeah, can I can I show you a tweet <laughs> that went up just after all like you see the video, you see Matt Bushman take the ball. He didn't even give it. He kind of just like left it off like off to the side and like there's a police officer. I'm going to bring up the tweet. There's a police officer there. There's Gar- uh Jimmy Garcia is there. I'm like he's just really just going to leave the ball. His <laughs> wife, Sarah Walsh works for the NFL Network. And first, she's like, bad news is I'm down here in Florida battling a hurricane. But the good news is, is I can announce my retirement. I don't know, Maybe she didn't realize that that ball was worth 500000 and the other one's worth $2 million. Yeah. Her response to me was hilarious. Like, oh, cool. He just handed the ball back without checking to see if our house is still here. I'd like to announce our divorce. <laughs> tough, tough, <laughs> tough, tough. Lost a wife and half a million dollars because... He was being a good guy, I guess. Just a good baseball man. Didn't want to mess with the baseball gods. Uh, that's upsetting. But, I mean, that ball was literally maybe six inches from being caught by a fan. And did you see the video that's out there? Let's play this video for those who are uh, on on watching on YouTube with us. Um, if not, like, just go look. Go check it out. Go to Blue Jays. Um, I'm quoting it up. Twitter and all that. You can watch it. But... There is one gentleman who is beside himself today because he knows he was about... Uh, maybe it's a coincidence away. he's sitting there. Look how oh. close he came. Got a glove oh. on it, Bucks. 5'10". If he were 6'1", he'd have had that. He can't believe it. He, he threw his glove back. Oh. He is sick. You come to a ball game and out of the, all the seats you could possibly sit in, he was sitting in the right seat. 
His arm wasn't long enough. Oh, oh man. And as a, 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 a shorter, stubby-armed guy I am, I, I sympathize with the guy. Like, if that was an Aaron Judgian level, you know, size person, he probably does reach over uh, over the fence and is able to get that ball, but literally maybe six inches away from $500,000 and pfft, nothing. Went off the wall, down into the bullpen, and he gets squat. Can, can I the, – another funny part is that Judge goes up the bat again with the chance to break the record, yeah. and the guy is just sitting there like – Dejected. He's like, no, nope, I'm not coming here. Uh, that my chance was a moment ago. I blew it. I lost it. And that was like, would you have – like, would you have fallen over – cosine, no sign, David. Would you have fallen over the rail – to give yourself the best opportunity to catch that baseball. No. Like you needed another six. I mean, I might have a good possibility I might have fallen just out of just just I, over being a top heavy yeah. individual. <laughs> I'm a very clumsy, I don't have good balance either. Like but I probably wouldn't have like I'm also that person that if I get too close to like a barrier free, like an edge, I'm like very careful about that stuff. Yeah. Well, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, dive, go get the ball, and then... Oh, come on. But I don't know, yeah. You're not diving for that. I'm sorry. Like, we... I hate to say it, but that's very dangerous. A million dollars might be worth, like, a broken shoulder. I I don't know. I might break my shoulder for half a mil. Go to neck brace for two weeks. That might be worth it. Uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know the potentially comments. permanent neck damage. Well, I Best case scenario, obviously, you don't. Uh, you don't hurt you don't yourself at all. Hurt yourself. You just and you maybe you make the catch without having to hurt yourself. Yeah, maybe he's a cat and he can land on his feet. That's why you need to do what the guy in New York did, and he had the massive goalie glove. That's that, what I was thinking. Uh, so not goalie glove, but like a fishing net. If you're front row, bring yourself a fishing net so you've got all of that extra room and it just lands right into your net. I mean, it, the, the bread basket of a goalie glove is pretty big, too. I mean, it's not fish net size, but... But I mean, like, that'll give you an extra three feet, right? Like, you can stick that thing down yeah. and make sure you catch that baseball. Even if it's about to go right into the bullpen, you can go and scoop that thing up with your fish net and, you know... You, $500,000 later, you're, you're laughing. But, uh, yeah, tough night for that individual. All right, let's get to the Leaf-related cosine no signs. I'll let you start, pal. All right, well, mine kind of sums up with the injury stuff, is with the injuries, Kyle Dubas makes a big point to push and sign Rasmus Sandin. Oh, God. Um Now, does he make a does he make the phone call to Lewis Gross? I think so, but does he budge on his number? That I don't believe will happen. So, how should I answer that question? If that's I, the case? so, yes, he'll make a big push to sign him. So you're co-signing that, but you're not. He but not in the way that he's just going to cave in. Yeah, like I, I still don't think that Dubas will look at this and say Sandine has leverage. I need to up my up my price. I need to up my offer. I still think it's the same offer. 
And it's, hey, man, we're coming back to the table. Let's get this thing done. This is the reason why. Here's the opportunity you have. There's a legitimate top four opportunity. Not only top six, but top four opportunity in this group right now. Come grab it. Come take it. Get to camp. Earn your spot. But they can't even afford to give him much much money. Like, that's the thing. They, they legitimately just can't afford it. Because eventually these guys are going to come back. They're going to be healthy. And they got to be under the cap. So they really can't afford to give him much money unless they really make a big deal and, and move out some cash, which I don't think they really want to do either. So no, that's kind of where I'm sitting on this at this point. You, you don't want to compromise one spot for another, right? We, we've seen teams now have to, okay, we're going to sign like Florida. We're going to sign now two goaltenders to a combined $15 million cap hit starting next season. All right, so that just means somebody's getting the boot next season. Like it, it could very well be one of those goalies, and it would—they're going to have to eat half of Bobrovsky's contract, realistically. Gross. Yeah, that's why you don't sign goaltenders like him to eight-year deals. Dude, there's four more years on that bad boy. Four more years. I remember somebody suggesting that the Leafs should go after Bobrovsky, and I'm just like, did you? Did you look? Was that you? Yes, it was it you. I brought it up. Brought it I brought up. It brought up at fifty percent cap, though, right? Like that fifty percent cap, so at five million. And I mean, I would still rather Bobrovsky at five than Murray at four eight seven five. You know what I'm saying? Like for an extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I think I still would rather have Bobrovsky. If Florida's going to eat half of it, that's yeah. That was the qualifier. They had to eat half of that contract. I'm not taking that for anything less. But I and- did. I did make that. Uh, and don't get me wrong. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Bobrovsky has a no movement clause. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, you're signing a $70 million contract. It probably does come with a no movement clause. Typically they do. Um, is it my, my turn? Yes, my turn. Right. Uh, all right. Danny Mulgan. He's got two goals so far through preseason, three points. By the end of the year, Denny Mulgan will have played more games than Nick Robertson with the Maple Leafs. I'm going to co-sign that. Really? I'm going to co-sign it because Nick Robertson still has options to go down to the Marlies. So does Mulgan, doesn't he? I don't think Mulgan does. I don't know if Mulgan's waiver exempt. I can check. But go on with your point while I check. Like, yeah, because like... Look, is it a bad thing if Robertson doesn't make the team? No. It's not like he's a 24-year-old. He's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I want to get his age wrong. He's 20. He's 21. He turned 21 like last week, like literally two weeks ago. Okay, 21. That might be old to some, but to me that's still a young kid, right, trying to make his way through. He had and I and I always have to remind people that he's already had one year impacted by the pandemic, so he's a year behind on all, uh, in a lot of ways. So let him let him develop at the pace that makes sense for him. Don't rush it. So I do think yeah, Malgin. There's a little more of a you you have options with Robertson. I don't know if you really do have it with a Malgin uh, and how his. Uh, and how his contract works. So, were you able to find that out? I'm taking a look right now. I'm just trying to see if he is waiver exempt. 
and I, for whatever reason, can't uh, find that information. I don't know where. Because I know he's, I know he, at the end of this deal, he's still an RFA. Yeah. And he has arbitration rights, but I don't know if that has any impact on his uh, waiver status. But even, like, you think he would get waived? Either way, like I'm not even or, or uh, claimed. Like I'm not even sure if he ends up getting claimed if he if if they do waive him. Like if he's not if he doesn't make the club, it's probably because he didn't. You know, he, he didn't earn. Oh, a, we talked about this the other day. Every team loves to take a guy from the Leafs. Wow, yeah, that's that is very true. That is true. Um, so maybe I don't know. I he's that that he's an interesting person though. Like at 25, I don't know how many people are looking to to claim him and and. You know, plug him into the roster. That said, we're talking about the Maple Leafs doing it, um, so maybe there are a couple teams around the league who would also want to do it. Arbitration eligible, but I don't know why it doesn't say waiver eligible. Um, I, I think I don't think he's I don't think he's waiver. I don't think he's waiver. Yeah. But I, I I don't think that would necessarily like I don't think they would hold Robertson down in order to not risk losing Mulgan. Like if Robertson earns the ice time over Mulligan, I think Robertson gets the ice time. Like I don't think he's a guy with like, like oh, we've got to put him on waivers. Let's let's just keep him on the team and send Robertson down instead. I don't think Mulligan has that type of cachet. No, I he doesn't. But I, I also just I'm looking at how one player is playing during preseason right now, really pushing him, uh, for to get his name into that conversation to play a, a lot. I think this Lee's coaching staff likes the way he plays. He's doing he's clearly doing things right to get noticed. So Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh next one for you. All right, next one for me. Ilya Samsonov will be the opening day starter. <sighs> no sign. Gonna no sign it. I think um if they're both healthy. Matt Murray will be given the opportunity to start as the one A. Okay. I just think that's how it's going to work out. Like I and you know, so far both of them one and 16 saves out of on sixteen shots for both of them. So they're pretty even, Steven, through one game apiece um, through regular season. I think Samsonov's getting a start. I believe he's going to play a full sixty minutes actually against. Uh, against the Senators on Friday. I believe I heard that. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think so. No, you're right. So, you know, you'll get another look at Samsonov in that game. But ultimately, I still think that Matt Murray has, uh, you know, he right now he has, he's, he's, he's the veteran of the group. He's got a little bit more of that, uh, to use the same word I used uh, a second ago, cachet, to declare himself as like the starter if it's a 50-50 through training camp, Matt Murray probably gets the nod, right? Ty goes to the vet. So I think Matt Murray would end up being uh, the opening day starter if that's the case. All right. Yeah, me, me, me neither. All right, next one for you, pal. Along the same lines, another goaltending one. Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov will combine for a 9-10 or better save percentage this season with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, that's a tough one. Nine ten would be considered above league average from last season. By the way, league average last year nine oh seven. Hmm. 
Because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. The only reason why I'm gonna no sign is I think they're gonna be just short of it. I think five or so. Yeah, I think they're gonna be like the nine oh five. Because Samsonov usually doesn't. Like, he's he's had. He's really hasn't had a season where he's been well above league average. Like Mer- Matt Murray has, but Samsonov hasn't. And I'm, I'm a little concerned that he his save percentage might not be that high. But again, I could be. He could totally prove me wrong and go back to the numbers he put up in the KHL, which was a little while ago. So I'm going to no side it because I just think they're going to be short of it. But I don't think they're going to be too far off. They're not going to be what they were last year. They're not going to be below 900. So the identity of the Blue Jays fan who we just talked about has been released. His name is Frankie Lasagna. Of course. Of course. Frankie Lasagna. Wow, what a handle. What I mean, a thank handle. God they didn't actually get the guy's name because, oh. I mean, people, anybody who, who works or grew up with him, his phone is – I'm I'm not even – I'm turning my phone off right now if I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, oh, I can't believe you were so close. It's just going to make you just keep getting madder and madder if for every single text call you get, uh, email from work people, absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, next one for you. Uh, this is the yeah final one for me. Actually, came from Discord, from Bulletman thirteen on Discord. Shout out Discord. Yeah, this one here's a little, it's it's a little out there. I'm not gonna lie, but I love I love that we're going a little outside of the box. Jason Spezza will be considered the next Leafs GM if Kyle Dubis is let go. Let go, let go this year, or like in the future. I think I, I think it was after the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. That's how he put it. I'll no sign it then. If he's let go after this year, like I don't think one year under the wing of Kyle Dubas is is going to be nearly enough for him to to get the experience needed to be a general manager in the NHL. I, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, maybe at some point, like if this. You know, he decides to be under the wing of, of Dubas. Like this year, he's doing a whole bunch of different things, scouting, development, whatever. If he eventually decides, maybe I do want to get into the management side of things, and he starts out and then becomes an AGM, um, maybe at that point, if, if you know, five, six years down the road, four maybe, you know, down the road, and they decide to move on from Dubas, then he could like, there could be a succession plan. But after one season of being just like a consultant, essentially, like an assistant to the general manager, no, I wouldn't say that's nearly enough, um, nearly enough uh, experience for for me to allow him to become the general manager of a team, which will probably, again, have Stanley Cup aspirations and have a pretty big expiring contract on uh, on its way next summer as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna co uh, no sign that one, but it's a good question. It's a good question. Like I think one day Jason Spets will definitely be an NHL GM. I just think yeah, if he if if he had a few years under his belt, I know that the Montreal Canadiens went the radical route and just got a guy who has no experience as an NHL GM to be their GM. But, but at I least think, he has experience in like hockey. Like he was uh, like Mike yeah, Gillen, he's the same thing, right? Contracts and stuff. He was yeah. a GM. He was a, a player agent, right? Like Dubas was a player agent that went into management, right? He, this guy went from the ice to the office. There's so much more he's got to learn before being thrown into the fire. And I also just think that 
I think Spets would want to do more of the player evaluation stuff and development stuff than the contract negotiation stuff. I, I just don't think that's his forte too much. That's why I we don't even know if he wants to be a GM. Maybe he doesn't want to go completely that route. He might just want to be he might want to go through the scouting and development staff part first before he even considers a GM role. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. All right, buddy, we'll bring that to a close. Fun segments of Cosine No Sign. Uh, we'll have to pick it back up again maybe next week. And if you have any that you want to throw at us for us to answer, you can leave those in the comment section down below or hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Mickey underscore Canuck. He's at D underscore Morisuti. Uh, but that to do it for us here today on the pod. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. It's going to be another game day preseason matchup against the Ottawa Senators. We'll help tee up for that one and get you ready to go for the weekend. Until then, though, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.